Hello and welcome to The Tonic Podcast. It is episode 23 and it's a bit different one today. I've only done a couple of these in the past but I'm going to be a Lone Ranger. My name is Harry Hedges, the virtual personal trainer at Tonic um, along with Julie and yeah I'm going to sort of get some information across on this podcast today. Uh, I've done one in the past on the top eight sort of unknown versions of protein. I've done one in the past about the top five tips when it comes to weight loss surgery. And today it's a bit of a theme that we've been talking about on the private Facebook community, the Tonic private Facebook community, uh, a safe, positive place for all our patients. Um, and it's to do with myths, okay? I think myths, sometimes a myth isn't a very nice word. It's, it's certainly not suggesting that people are wrong or anything like that. But I think the nutritional industry, the fitness industry, um, when people compare themselves to other people, there's different ways, of, there's certain principles to, to fat loss, there's certain principles to exercise. And, and I think people can adhere to different methods based on their own circumstances, whether that be a low carb diet, whether that be, you know, intermittent fasting, whether that be the type of exercise they do, cardio, strength. Um, but I think where sometimes things go wrong is when people sort of say, no, that's the right way. And that's how you do it. And it's just not fair on certain people depending on their circumstances so for example if you've got someone who does night shifts it's mighty difficult to insist that they have to skip breakfast in the morning things like that you know it, it, it's, it's there's gonna be different variables based on your own personal circumstances and that's just the way it is um now i think on the uh within the sort of weight loss uh surgery community i, I do believe there are sort of certain things that get battered around that maybe need a bit of tidying up um, and the, uh, let's just go straight into it. There's, I'm going to go through five today that I see quite a lot. And you can email me, harry at tonicsurgery.co.uk. And I'll be very, very happy to dress this up and, and, and help out as best I can to uh, get the right information across. Okay. And, and like I say, this whole part of our aftercare is to empower people. It's not to, for us to spoon feed. It's not for us to say this is the right way. But these are sort of the scientific facts that you know your aftercare team study for to learn. And we want to help build your own methods based on whatever you want to do in this world. And and with weight loss, naturally, uh, barking up the right tree is, is is very very handy from an from the offset. Okay. So number one, a stool means it isn't working. Okay, and I can totally understand this one. I can totally understand why people can sometimes feel a bit worried and a bit panicked that, you know, a stool has occurred. There's certain things to look into with a stool as to whether it's a stool or not. But i.e. a stool being staying the same weight for a period of time, um, this creates concern. I can see why, you know, obviously people have invested money, people have invested time, motivation, um, emotion towards this process. We want to see it going down. Now, I think the key, key thing with this is, is to understand how the human body works. Okay, so, uh, and that's, this might be common knowledge for a lot of people, and I'm certainly not here to kind of, you know, reinvent the wheel with it. But we are, the goal is fat loss. The whole goal is fat loss. We we go by weight because it's the most available metric we have. We tend to have scales, okay? Um, beyond Dexter scans, which is probably the most efficient way, a very expensive way, you go to London, have a Dexter scan. <laughs> There's probably more around the uh, country now, but, um, you know, it can be quite hard to identify what is body fat in your body. Naturally, measurements, clove sizes, before and after photos will identify this quite well. Uh, but with weight, um it's not just body fat, okay? I repeat, it's not just body fat. You've got water weight, you've got muscle mass, you've got bone density, and it's the water weight that tends to be the fluctuator, okay? Now, water weight can fluctuate for numerous reasons, um, from 
time of the month for ladies, stress level, sleep, the time you weigh yourself, the time of your last meal, your carbohydrate consumption, all these things, how much you sweat, how much, how much you drink, obviously. All these things are going to affect water. It's not just what you drink. <laughs> um, and because of this, you know, an obvious example is the time of the month. Ladies tend to put on more water weight during time of the month. So if they're weighing themselves weekly and then, I don't know, the third week, it's time of the month, they're, 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 they're heavier. They will think that they could think they're failing, they're stalling, when actually it's just something that's out of their control. Fat loss is still occurring as long as you are in a calorie deficit. Um and that's one factor. Another factor is, is that over time, weight loss will slow down. Our basal metabolic rate goes down. Um, to a certain extent, compliance starts to go down. It's, it, it can be uh, harder to adhere to a diet long term, but that you know, it doesn't mean that it's groundbreakingly bad or anything like that. But I think a key, key focus point here is that are we doing the processes that we know, scientifically speaking, are going to help us? So your protein amounts, your steps, your exercise. And then if you are maybe looking into your calorie amount, calorie consumption, because snacks can, can come in, are we prioritizing meals over snacks? And then if you get these things right, you will find that stools will happen less and less. Now, also another key thing is how often are we weighing ourselves? Are we weighing ourselves daily? Because that's going to create an illusion that a stool is happening a lot more because you know, you're not going to lose body fat every single day. You might chip away at it, but it's not going to be necessarily a pound, two, three pound, what people are looking for per day. Um, and that can create the illusion that weight loss is going a lot slower than it actually is. So a stool does not mean it's not working. Um, if it has been, you know, if weight loss is still the goal and you are four to six weeks and you've stayed the same, maybe we can look at other um, statistics a little bit to support people because maybe somewhere it can be tidied up. But that's the other big question. Are we being compliant? Life sometimes allows us to uh, not lose weight you know if you've got lots of social occasions or a holiday it can be mighty difficult to lose weight where a stool should be celebrated because how many people before have that all or nothing that up and down effect of weight and if you're staying the same during harder times then that should be congratulated um, point number two um, weight loss slows down when you start exercising this is this comes up quite a bit <coughs> excuse me and I think it's to do with <laughs> In my opinion, sometimes, and it's not, I, I don't think there's lazy, demotivated individuals. You can't be to go down this process. I think people are superstars when they go through this process. But I do think that maybe there's a fear factor, there's a confidence there, and sometimes it's easier to sort of say, or oh, maybe exercise doesn't help with that. The truth be told is that weight loss, we, we tend not to ask people to exercise until six weeks post op. Um, and that tends to be rough about a time that weight loss starts to slow down. Um, that is the true, that is the biggest sort of true factor of it all. There is an argument to suggest that potentially people with certain habits will justify eating more because they exercise. Um, exercise, of course, you burn calories, so there is a command for more calories. And if you get that balance wrong, you can see why that might create an effect there. But no, exercise burns calories. Exercise offers an awesome endorphin rush. It offers a stress release. It offers an environment away from vulnerable situations. So for example, no one's thinking about eating in the gym. No one's thinking about overconsumption in the gym. But if you sit down in front of the telly after a stressful day at work, you are a bit more vulnerable. So it's... Yeah, it, it, it's not the case. If it long, You've got to buy into the long term of exercise. I'm very open with patients and say, like, look, in the short term, exercise, not always the most fulfilling thing. DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness. You know, no one wants a, their body to hurt, right? I know some people go around saying, oh, I like the pain. I think long term, you know, less pain, the better, right? <laughs> but the uh, so DOMS, delayed onset muscle soreness can be a factor. Certainly putting yourself into a social environment where you're not comfortable is, you know, a short term it's just easier not to do it right. Um, 
And learning new things, trying new things can be a, a difficult thing to do, um, especially when you're surrounded by people who seem to know what they're doing. And, and you know, obviously, if you're new to something, you don't. Um, but that's part of the charm of exercise. That's part of the wonder of exercise that we get better. It's far more predictable. Believe it or not, exercise and progressing your body is actually far more predictable than weight loss in the sense that I went through sort of water weight and stools a minute ago. If you put a stress on your body, uh, whether that be lifting a weight or doing cardio or doing mobility work, flexibility, yoga, whatever it may be, your body will adapt and get better at it over time. But you've got to buy into the long term. There's too much short term, up and down, all or nothing. And the people who do that, as I said, in the early stage of exercise, it's not the most fulfilling thing. You only really ever see the bad side of exercise. You need to give it a few weeks to see all the things that it's scientifically proven to do, such as so good for your mental health, your energy levels, your mobility, your cardiovascular health, your strength, etc., etc. Okay, so exercise does not slow down weight loss. It tends to be the time when weight loss slows down, exercise comes in. Um, but we need to look at a bigger picture there. Long term, you're going to be burning more calories environment etc that i've already gone through so exercise needs to be present in the post-op and i'm going to the one i'm going to talk about at the end will kind of bring that to life a bit more as well okay um i am a slow loser number three i am a slow loser um so people this tends to come from the comparison piece more than anything else don't get me wrong there are metabolic conditions polycystic ovary syndrome um thyroid that can make people lose body fat slower and that, that, that that's but that's not you're a slow loser that's you've got you know a thyroid conditional polycystic ovary syndrome that that is a factor um you i a lot of the time it comes from the comparison piece as i say so if someone has seen someone else who had the operation at the same time as them maybe it's they're 10 weeks post-op and they've lost a certain amount and the person thinks oh i've lost less that must make, make me that i'm doing something wrong or i'm a slow loser and it's it, like i say it's just not the case it, it's really not um people will lose weight for different reasons i've gone through the comparison piece on numerous occasions in the previous podcast on here as well um and concentrate on your own journey be as compliant as you can to the processes that we ask you to do we understand that life gets in the way sometimes but um if we are getting that sort of 80 20 law right most of the time you know weight loss will be occurring and it doesn't matter what anyone else is doing okay there's so many different factors most of the time people don't um, don't know that the other patients start weight um so they're comparing themselves to somebody and they have no idea how much they weigh or what they're sort of yeah there's certain other environments as to why people will lose weight quicker than others you know if you've got i don't know someone who's a painter and decorator and they do fifteen thousand steps guarantee compared to somebody who is forced to sit down all day you know it can be harder for the person who is in a more sedentary role to to lose weight but that's just an example there's you know there's emotional there's social there's all these sort of factors going on as i said earlier on but the truth be told is is that a slow loser can exist hormonally and 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 metabolically but that's the reason it's a slow loser it's not just because you know you've been dealt the hand that you are in a same calorie deficit and losing weight slower and also there's many many cases to suggest that maybe being a slow loser isn't necessarily the bad thing be consistent chip over time there's a reason we offer this aftercare uh, at tonic over the course of years and that's because it's not job done after six weeks two months we've got a long way to go so even if people lose it more aggressively the habits that we're laying down long term are going to be the biggest factor to success and you know sounds a bit deep happiness long term as well okay number four on the nutritional standpoint, I hope Sophie, Lisa, and the rest of the dietitians don't mind me coming over here. But so the myth number four: carbs are bad for you. Avoid carbs. The less carb, the better. This kind of thing. And this is not so much weight loss surgery. It's more in the sort of diet industry, isn't it? And I think people first and foremost 
carbs come from vegetables, from fruits, from, uh, you know, we, fiber is such an important part of the, the post-op. And uh, as and when you can get it in, it's, it's crucial to hit the, the right amount. That's carbohydrates. So it's the over-avoidance of carbs, I think, can create a problem with regards to the understanding as to what they actually do for us. Now, carbs is the body's preferred source of energy. Um, glycogen is what is what is used when we when we exercise. That's why when people I'm not saying people will necessarily do marathons anytime soon, but that's why people carb up for long endurance events. Um, it's helpful. It can be helpful. Now you got to get the balance right. If you can't just have a load of carbs and not move very much, or um, but I think the main message is carbs aren't bad for us. Too many carbs is bad for us. Okay, but you could say that about a lot of things when it comes to nutrition and exercise. Um, it's where people, I think the, the message comes from is that people maybe have tried a low-carb diet or a keto diet and carbohydrate, they, they tend to hydrate us, water bonds to glycogen. Um, and because of that, we lose weight quite quickly. Uh, but again, we're not just body fat, we're water weight as well. So if you go low-carb quite quickly, yes, you can drop a lot of water weight. Yes, that can work for people. I'm not saying it's a, it's a method that is something that... But for a lot of people in their social lives and you know you think you go to a wedding it's very hard to ask for a keto diet <laughs> meal um carbs are going to be around us and it's probably a case of working with them and getting the balance right and understanding them uh, and living an active lifestyle to use the carbohydrates to fuel an active lifestyle rather than just don't have any and and, and you know cling on for dear life you, you tend I'm, I'm very keen to get this process across as a progressive process so what can we what can we do more of can we understand diet better can we eat more protein can we walk more can we sleep more can we drink more water these are very progressive um methods uh, progressive messages which i think is far more um easier to comply to long term then you can't have this you can't have that and don't do this and don't do that and and i think that's kind of the message here if we live in an active lifestyle um it varies from patient to patient how many grams of carbs you should be having but in general you know we're, we are uh picking meals over snacks we are having colorful rainbow plates of, of veg and fruit and, and these kind of things these are these these are very filling so you're not going to eat as much as it as maybe the bad carbs the junkier carbs the sugars and the chocolates and the crisps look Life happens sometimes, you're probably going to have these things now and again, but it's the overindulgence of these things that are the problem in comparison to over. I don't think anyone's overindulging on fruit and veg and, and, and you know, putting on weight. I, I could be wrong, maybe there's a couple of examples out there, but if we are, like I say, prioritizing meals over, over snacks of, of protein, of, of, of colorful plates with vegetables, um, you're going to snack less, you're going to eat less of the naughty carbs, should we say. Uh, and even if you have the odd naughty carb, that's okay if we're living an active and, we're, and, we're, and we are, um, like I say, living an active lifestyle and exercising accordingly. Um, number five, and this links to, to number two a little bit, I struggle with exercise, okay? I struggle with exercise. Again, I think this is usually linked to confidence more than anything else. Uh, a key thing I always ask back to things like that is, have you tried them all? <laughs> um, no, I, I, if personal trainers and, and don't get me wrong there are some personal trainers like this but if myself and julie were sort of saying right you have to do this high intensity workout you have to lift heavy i could totally understand why people say they struggle with exercise because that's silly that's stupid and that's one size fits all i don't go around saying you have to do ten thousand steps i don't go around saying you have to do five thousand steps i ask people to understand where they're at and progress that level over time and i do believe everybody can do that we've had patients who are wheelchair based who have progressed their bodies and they're able to do amazing things now um we've had, of course of course arthritis and and uh, fibromyalgia these conditions we need to be aware of them and work with them um a patient, Judy Ward, that I spoke to on here not so long ago on the podcast, fibromyalgia, um, exercises pretty much daily now, okay? It's something that 
um, we need to work with these conditions. Very rarely, very, very rarely do you have a rehabilitation of an area, whether that be your knee, your ankle, your hip, and then the physio asks you not to work the area. You'd find it very, very unusual if you had a knee injury and you went to the physio and they gave you shoulder exercises. It seems to be the case that if we work the area, area sensibly, we're going to progress that area. But, and this is not anyone's fault, again, the industry, I think, of nutrition and fitness sometimes creates an all-or-nothing approach to this stuff. Um, I don't want my work phone suddenly getting a thousand text messages when I start doing a podcast. <laughs> um, it creates quite an all or nothing approach. So go hard, go home. If you're not sweating, it's not working. No, like find your level. And the beauty of exercise is through watches that we can wear and, and for example, on sh- um, strength machines in gyms, you've got pins and it tells you the weight you're doing. You can find the level that suits you. You can go very, very light on these things. You can do body weight. You can, uh, any exercise that can be pro- 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 progressed, I, I nearly started there, any exercise that can be progressed can totally be regressed as well. Um, and I think, look, it's a slower pattern. It's a slower process. It's not always the most enjoyable process in the early stages. Sometimes a sweat fest can be quite nice. But it's a bazillion times better than I can't do it, okay? And, and you know, yoga and, and Pilates and, and you know, the, even like the, the classes that are offered, the social occasion, um, are going to offer massive rewards to your health, your further fat loss, but also maintaining weight as and when you get to your goal, which I'm sure everyone listening to, listening to this podcast will achieve. That's certainly our goal here at The Aftercare is to not only get you to your goal weight, but to also... Uh, give you the understanding how to maintain it going forwards as well so exercise the message isn't do this do that go hard go home no it's to explore try new things know your level find out your level progress your level over time sensibly and that is very very fulfilling indeed so those are my top five myths when it comes to um not i think it's not even necessarily completely exclusive to weight loss surgery i think it's across the board thing when it comes to this stuff um but i hope you, you know, there was a few nuggets there. I hope maybe that I've sort of made you think differently about these myths. This isn't my job to sort of tell you the right and wrong. It's not my job to say to you that I'm right about these myths and, and, and you know, if you think differently, you no, it's maybe just to make you to think a bit differently. And I hope there's a few nuggets from that podcast there that will help with that. Um, and please, 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 as I always say, reach out to me if you need any more support, if you want to discuss any of these things. Hopefully uh, people know I'm not very hard to find. And uh, yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening to that podcast. That was episode 23. I might do a few more of these little um, nuggets of information podcasts with just me, just because I think people learn differently. We've, we've done the modules recently, which is obviously quite visual. I suppose it's quite audio as well. But, you know, these can be played in your car. They can be played on your walks, a bit more easier than sort of consuming videos. Obviously, in the Facebook group, it's very sort of typed and people read information. We've got emails. We've got all different factors that people, um, you know, we try and get this information across to you. And hopefully... Um, uh, like I say, from some of those myths, which isn't always the nicest word in the world. It's not saying anyone's wrong. It's just saying that these are out there and maybe we can think about them a bit differently. Hope you enjoyed that, guys. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. We're going into October. It's getting colder, but that doesn't mean that we stop exercising, we stop moving. If we plan to live in this country, it's part of it, I'm afraid. <laughs> but um, all the best for me. Have a great day and I'll speak to you all very, very soon. Bye-bye.